Hey, what's up? It's Craig for a little pre-roll. Ooh la la. Speaking before the music, who is he? Same, same guy as ever. Anyway, uh, at the end of this week's show, you're going to hear a preview of next week's show. was able to talk to Dr. Helen Sue from Stanford. It's a really fascinating conversation that, since we've already recorded, figured I'd give you a little sneak peek. So make sure that you're subscribed so that each and every episode hits your podcast feed fresh. Anyway, here's this week's episode, which is also phenomenal with Rosante Dunn. Welcome into the Train with the Best podcast, Craig Hoffman, and I've recorded a podcast or this podcast in a lot of different places. A kids club is a new one. Uh, I'm at the Sport and Health location at Cap Hill, sitting with the Explosive Performance Site Director Rosante Dunn. I can I know that it's your title because I can read your name tag across <laughs> the desk here. But Rosante has been a friend for a long time. Obviously, I used to work for EP. Roz and I uh, collaborated on some stuff when we were. When I was doing that, uh, I've done some video work with him as well on, on that side of what we do. And uh, he's a guy I just have a ton of respect for as a trainer. And uh, I'm excited to learn more about your story, bro. Welcome to the pod. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I'm excited to be here. You know, I think it's long overdue. You know, I'm happy to be here. You know, happy to tell my story, you know, and uh, for others to hear it. And, uh, you know, for for it to be somewhere, somewhere, something that everybody can enjoy. Yeah, for sure. And, and the thing that uh, we're going to talk about today is we continue our guest host series for another couple weeks here is, you know, your story and your story will blend right into this. The idea of going from being an athlete, someone who is trained probably at a really high level, you were a D1 level athlete to going and doing the training yourself, like going from trained to trainer, if you will. So let's start though with some background on you. Like, were you always super athletic as a kid, super hyper as a kid? Like what, what kind of sports did you start to get into? Like what's the, what's the kid Rosante story? What were yeah. you like as, as a little one running around? Yeah. So as a kid, I was actually a shy kid. I was very shy. Um, I was always energetic though, like in, in terms of like getting into sports, you know, I always wanted to get into sports into sports my cousin actually got me into football all right so my older cousin uh who recently just passed away uh but he got me into football i used to see him wearing his football equipment all the time and uh that kind of really got me into it um and I, i really started like you know started to pick it up as far as like my parents taking me to practice and then my my parents take me to basketball practice as well so those were my two main sports it was really football and basketball as a kid um and playing outdoors that was mm-hmm. the really biggest thing uh playing in the playing in the street playing playing in the backyard with the boys you know um really that's where it really started uh before I got into organized sports um but I I when I was younger, man, I hated the contact. I didn't want to like any type of like physical physicality. I didn't, didn't like it, man. When I was younger, when I was a kid, I didn't enjoy that. Um, until I got a little bit older. Um, so I started organized football around, uh, fourth grade. And then, um, I, I really just stuck with the football, man. Organized. I really stuck with it all the way up and through high school. Um, and then when did you know, like, oh, this could be a path to something even bigger for me? Or, like, I can play at a really high level? High school. That's when I knew. Um, so starting early for me really was just kind of like the basic level, get the fundamentals down. 
But when it got to high school, that's when I'm like, oh, there's guys out here just going to the league. You know, there's guys out here going to college. You know, and you're from this area, from DC, or where so, are you from? So <clears throat> I'm originally, uh, I grew up in DC with my mom and my dad. Mm-hmm. And then my mom and my dad divorced. So then I ended up going with living with my grandmother in Southern Maryland in Charles County. Okay. All right. So I played high school football at Lackey High School in Charles County. Right. And there's a lot of that area's got got that kind of player. At the time, man, that area had guys coming out, you know. So, you know, I was looking up to those guys and like, man, these guys are going Penn State, Rutgers, you know. So I'm next up, you know. Um, so, you know, I started out initially coming into high school as like one of those like chubby kids, like that chubby fat kid, you know. Um I played defensive end coming in, into high school, but I was like, no, nah, I want to play linebacker, you know. And I came in, I wanted to play linebacker. I started my freshman year in high school playing linebacker, and then come to varsity, you know, I got moved to defensive end. So I was like, I'm going to say a buck 80 playing defensive end. Good luck with that. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So. Not getting many D1 offers that way. Exactly, exactly. But when I see why you might have found strength and conditioning. You see what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So when when I was when I was when I was in high school and I'm you know I'm I'm at they switched me to DN. You know I was like totally against it. You know I'm like no I'm not playing this. I'm gonna play linebacker. So. You know, they're like, you're really good at DN. Stick with DN. You know, one of my uh, one of my mentors, Nikos Brown, he actually played for uh, Virginia Tech. This is Chuck Chuck's Brown, Chuck Brown's son, the late Chuck Brown's son. Uh, he really coached me and really got me into like cooperating with the DN thing. And then um, from there, man, it just it just I was really good at it, but I was undersized. So the recruiting aspect of getting looks from like your typical D1 school, I didn't have as many offers as I wanted, you know. So that aspect of, you know, me wanting to go to a big school, that kind of deterred me from that because I was an undersized DN. I didn't have the looks, you know. So I wasn't as I – didn't, I didn't have the look that I wanted pretty much, you know. So from there, um, I was what? I was 17 years old, about to turn 18, you know. Um, the girl that was with her at the time, she comes up and she says that she's pregnant. Oh, wow. Yeah. So now I'm like, whoa, you know, this all hit me at once. You know, I'm ready to go to college. You know, I'm thinking about pursuing my football career. And then now I'm about to be a dad. So the thing is, I'm like, it's so many emotions at one time. You know, I don't know what to think. I'm 70 years old. I'm living with my grandmother. You know, she gives me advice here and there, but, you know, it's your grandmother. You right. Know? <laughs> There's only so much you want to talk about with her. Like, exactly. You kind of have to, but at the same time, like, it's your grandmother. Yeah. So, you know, grandma, and she did the best she can. You know, grandma was always there for me, and uh, she took care of me and my cousins. Um, but uh, it was a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot of pressure. Uh, I, was, I was definitely down like mentally, just all the way down. There was, there was no motivation for me to do much. All I knew was that I wanted to continue to play football. So I ended up taking a tour of Stevenson University 
in Baltimore. So they, they're telling me they got this new football program. I never heard of school in my life. Yeah. They're telling me they got this new football program. They just started. Uh, you know, they're looking to build this and that. So at the time, I was like, ah, uh, uh, it is what it is. You know, I really don't want to start at a program that's new. I want to go to an established institution. So uh, at the time, I was like, ah, I don't know. But then, you know, as time went by, Throughout the year, I realized that the other offers are either similar to like the D3, D2 level and not the big school level as I want it to be. Right. You know, so it came down to the wire and I was like, I'm going to take it, you know, because it wasn't much on the table. So I took what I had. And um, that's how I ended up at Stevenson. And, uh, you know, I ended up going to college and I have a son. And he's nine years old now, and he loves football. You know, mm-hmm. he absolutely loves football. And whether it's because I played or not, I don't force the game on him. I love that he loves it, you know, and I love that I was able to still go to college and be there for him at the same time. Um, so going to Stevenson, uh, four years there, and um, – Started as a freshman right away. Well, you said the program was basically brand new, so pretty much like, new. Everyone that's coming in, like you're coming in because they want you there to to play. To play, absolutely, absolutely. So, um, came in, started as a freshman uh, at linebacker because when I came in, I was coming from defense end. So I told them like, I want to play linebacker. This is it. I'm playing linebacker. Right. So soon as I came in, played linebacker um, and started. For four years there, um, had an awesome time. It was an awesome experience. Uh, the facilities there are D1 facilities, uh, for sure. And um, you know, it was a great it was a great experience for me that I envisioned myself having, whether it was somewhere else. But in, but still, I was also like, in my head, I wasn't quite as motivated because I was always worried about like future aspects of life still being a dad it's like well what's going to happen after or you know how are you going to do this how are you going to do that like what is what is what does the future look like for you and that stress weighed on me man and there was a time like you can ask uh, anybody that went to college with me at the time they'll say like oh Raz didn't talk his freshman year or 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 or, you know Raz talk talks way more now than he did then you know or how did you become such a people's person, you right. know? And I think it was always in me. It was just where my mindset was at the time. It just, I was just completely out of it. I was like zoned out to like the worries of life and what I was going to do, you know, like as a parent, you know, with my family situation and all that um, and all the struggles. So you know, I was very, like, worrisome throughout my whole college experience, even though I had a ton of fun. Like, you know, I, I wouldn't take that back for nothing. Right. You know, um, but, you know, made it through college, you know, with a uh, business administration sports management track. All right. Okay. So the business aspect was something I saw myself doing um, outside of football. You know, whether, so it wasn't like you're in college. You're like, okay, maybe the pros ain't gonna be like that. At some point, that that reality is probably hits where it's like, all right, I'm good for this level, but next level might not be there. 
I'm going to become an agent or something like that. That wasn't why you went into that track? No, I think I went into that track because I knew that I would be successful, like, with the major. With mm. learning how business works. Yeah, with learning how that, it works. Yeah. That is translatable. That interested me. That right. interests me the most. Because um, I can't. I'm still trying to figure it out, by the way. So if you can give me some lessons later. Like, yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. <laughs> I give you, give, give you what I can. I give you what I can. So uh, I came in actually undecided. You know, had no idea what I wanted to do. Then I had a friend uh, that encouraged me to do criminal justice. And then I did that for like a year. And then I'm like, wait a second. If I want to be a cop, I don't need to be in college to be a cop. So let me not do that. And then uh, that's when I was like, my interest is really into business. So let me do that. Once I got into, once I switched my major, it was just rocket ship from there. Everything was well. Um, so did the sports management, sports management, business sports management track, um, graduated with that. Now, the whole process of me coming from, coming off of my senior season into like, okay, this is, we're about to graduate. Right. That was a struggle. Right. Real struggle. So when I tell you that after football season ended and then going into that senior year, the lost the mm. l-o-s-t lost so you you kind of come into college a little lost like okay like i'm cool i'm here but then your new position you know trying to figure out everything with your son your family situation all that kind of stuff you don't really know what you want to do you circle back around to finding it's like you're going in this circle right like yeah. you kind of figure it out in the middle it's like all right i'm comfortable i figured out the family stuff i'm i'm doing well on the football field i found a major i really like and then all of a sudden you you're you do the full instead of doing the, the 180 you accidentally 360 and you're you're back to like oh god now i gotta i gotta kind of do this all over again but now I don't, now it's not college like now it's now it's starting my adult life yeah most definitely because you have you got so you have fo football. I had it for so long, mm -hmm. you know. Like I said, from like fourth grade all the way through, you know. So ten plus years, and then it's like that stopped, and it's like I'm so used to doing the same things every year and every year, and then it stopped. So the structure of my life and how it was set up was gone. So now I have to like restructure my life and put it into a sequence to where like I have control. You know, I kind of, I understand what I'm doing and where I'm going because anytime before that, it was always someone that had control, you know, mm. whether it's a coach, you know, whether it's the professor, you know, there's no professors in the real world, you right. know, there's you no can find mentors, but that's different than it's different. Professor Kevin Boyle out here. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's different. You're not going to class every day. For sure. Um, you know, and there's no, head, there's no head football coach telling you, you know, this is what needs to happen. You know, there's no, you know, head strength coach telling you what. So all of those aspects, you know, took away from where I was, you know, once I lost it. Um, you know, so the biggest thing for me was trying to find my structure. All right. And then once I graduated, after that, I didn't realize, necessarily realize what I specifically wanted to do. I knew it wanted to do. I knew I loved the gym. I knew I loved working out. I knew that I had a business management sports administration track. I knew that I wanted to do all that, but I just didn't know specifically what I wanted to do. So now at this point, I'm like working out every day no job, applying for jobs, 
um, I'm pretty much applying for gyms. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm applying for some things that interest me, like right. fo- fl- football coach, you know. Um, so I'm just trying to get my foot in the door at this point. So my first job out, out of college, actually, was uh, flag football coaching. It was, it was, it was COA uh, Sports League which is based out of, like, the Rockville, Bethesda area. Uh-huh. Um, so I was doing that, right? you know. Nor- northern suburbs of D.C. for the non-D.C. audience. Yeah, definitely. Uh, right outside of D.C., I was uh, flag football coaching in youth, so it's anywhere from 6 to about 13. Um, and I loved it. You know, I enjoyed it. It gave me that sense of, like, you know, what I, something that I was used to doing, you know, being back into football, you know, and uh, having a little bit more control in my life. The Train Me the Best podcast is brought to you by Super Coffee. And how great would it be if you could have really, like truly coffee shop quality coffee in your home each and every day? It's cold as balls here in D.C. I'm sure Super Coffee's thrilled that I just said cold as balls in their ad, but whatever. Sorry, Jamie. Sorry, Jimmy. Sorry, Jordan and Jake. Anyway, uh, the point is, it's really cold. So hot coffee is what I want right now. And so I bought a little $18 pour over coffee maker on Amazon because as part of my holiday gift pack, I got some grounds from Super Coffee. Delicious. I hadn't had the grounds before. I didn't even have a way to make them, but now I do. And you know what else came in that gift pack? A little Super Coffee foamer. So now I take my little Super Creamer and I put it in the microwave or you can do it cold. I foam it up. I take my super coffee grounds, pour them in my little pour over coffee maker, make myself a nice hot cup of coffee, take my foamed up milk, voila, coffee shop quality in my own kitchen. Now you can do all of this too. It is very, very easy. All you need to do is go to drinksupercoffee.com. You're going to use the code train with the best and you're going to get 25% off your first order on all of the things I just mentioned and more. It's a delicious, delightful, wonderful, and most importantly right now, because it's cold as balls, warm experience. Go to drinksupercoffee.com, use the code train with the best, and get some of that warm, positive energy flowing through your life and perhaps veins. And there, I actually got hired here. You know, I, I got hired here. Um... And uh, I know were you hired initially as a trainer? Like, had you gotten your certification and everything at that point? And no, you're, you're working and elsewhere in this. this initially, building. it was just front desk. Okay, all right. So I, you'd be surprised how many people start at the front desk. Initially, it was just front desk. I just wanted to get my foot in the door. Mm-hmm. That was my whole goal. My whole goal was, you know, I'm always working out. Uh, I just want to get, get my foot in the door. Right. Get your foot in the door and like, okay, now my membership will be free. Yeah. Like that's, 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 that's the, the entry drug. I can stop these outside workouts, man. Yeah. Like people, I'm running on the street out here. You know? Right. And, um, you know, like I said, I've been working out since, since like 13, 14, you know, I've, that's when I've actually like started really routinely working out, touching weights, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I, I've been doing it for a long time. When I graduated college, I was uh, NSCA All-American. And basically what that is, is basically you get congratulated and you get awarded based upon your play on the field and your uh, aspects of strength conditioning training in the weight room, you know. So, you know, that really motivated me to stay in the gym. You know, I knew if I couldn't do the football thing that I was going to stay somehow, try to stay in the gym. So once I got here, 
it was, I'm trying to be a trainer. You know, let's get me on. So I worked towards getting my certification. Um, took me like two months or so, right. maybe less than that. And then, you know, it was just a matter of becoming more, a little bit more sociable. Because like I said, I was in this, I still was coming out of the state where I was like mentally down, you know, just always worrying about what's next, pretty much stressed out from my family situation, you know. So I was trying to, you know, improve my situation by, you know, trying to reach out to people, you know, put myself out there a little bit more, you know, trying to converse with anybody who I saw in the gym. And the front desk is a great kind of entryway into that because you have to. And I even told trainers when I was, you know, still working with EP and was talking to younger trainers who were struggling with that kind of stuff or like didn't really know the member base very well. It's like, go help at the front desk. Yeah. Spend your day, your time when you're not training. And I would tell anybody that works in a box gym to do this. Like, and even if you don't, you work at a CrossFit box, you work in whatever, like, find a way to be out front and meet the people who could become your clients. Yeah. Right. It's such an easy thing to do that, you know, is helpful. You makes you a good teammate, but it also is, is selfishly beneficial to get to know people and be a known commodity within the gym so that people are going to come to you with questions when you're out on the floor and you make that transition fully into trainer or you're already there. Uh, they'll come to you with questions cause they know your name and you know, they know you and, that's a that's a pretty easy you know starting point for sales easy starter point and for me it it, that helped me so much because i was seeing so many people you know i had to talk to people right you know i had to welcome them welcome them in you know so that was the biggest thing for me was just being able to see different people speak to people all the time you know so that helped me get me out of where I was, you know, like I said, I was always a little bit shy anyways, but that helped me get me out of it. It grew me out of that. So once I, you know, got my certification, it was kind of like, just took off running, you know, um, I, I, everyone just like gradually started coming to me and that was just not, not based upon what they seen off the floor, but based upon me socializing with people right you know me seeing people. they trust you because they, they were a familiar face yeah it was just it was just me talking with them and conversing with them a lot of lot of trainers don't do that you know a lot of people that just work in the gym don't do that you know so that helped me personally it helped me uh it helped me with my mental aspect and where i was and it also helped me business-wise it helped me build up you know so i i, I tell any new trainer coming in today like just walk around Walk around, introduce yourself to people, you know, because a lot of times you're going to meet someone and, you know, let's say even if they don't want to train you right now, train with you right now, down the line, you've done converse with this person thousands of times. They know your face. They're familiar with your face that you're going to be the person that they come to when it comes down for them to want to train. Right. And nobody wants to be sold either. If you come to like, Hey, you want to buy training for me? They're going to be like, "Uh but if they come to you on their time when they're ready, that's the easiest sale you'll ever make too. And I think that's really important for people to remember is like you always, and this I would say is, is always general networking advice I give to like in the broadcast field, go to people when you don't need something from them. See what you can do for them. Hey, if I can help you with anything, let me know. I just want to check in, say hi. Okay. Do you need anything? No, no, I'm good. I'm just, I'm actually just saying hello. It's like, Oh wow, that was refreshing. Yeah. But you stay top of mind so that eventually if all of a sudden they know what you need, uh, or they know what you're looking for ultimately. And I tell this, especially like broadcast students in school. And I would say the same thing for like, if you're a, if you're a training student, kinesiology student or whatever that, you know, you want to come into this field, like start connecting with people in the places that you want to work now. 
while you're a student and you're not looking for a job that way, eventually when they're looking for people and you are looking for a job, they will come to you. Yeah. Um, because if you come to them when you're just looking for a job, it's a transactional relationship as opposed to building some kind of more genuine, solid relationship. I'm curious though, cause like you're the site director here, which I know from watching Sam do his thing out in wrestling when I was working out there, mm. like that's a, there's a lot of business administration <laughs> to that role. So like how did the business skills that you had wind up benefiting you as you, you go not just from trainer, but to manager leader and someone who's running a department? Oh, it helped a lot. It helped a lot. And I think that's the one thing where it's like that I actually got out of college where I was like, okay, this transferred over, you know, because working with people right, and then having a system set up to where like you really want to focus on the output and what's going on with each individual trainer you know forget about you know the trainers that you have and like you know whether they're a good person or not let's take that aside what are they doing numbers wise what are the numbers for the year you know what is your goal all right, here's the numbers and how we need to put it together to get you there for the year. And I think that side of what I learned in college kind of helped grow the club to where we are today. Because when I came in as the site director, we were only doing like six to 10K a month. You know, now we're like 25 plus K, you know, a month. So I think that was the biggest change where it was like, okay, let me set this up for how I know how, for how I learned how to do it. And the biggest thing was just the numbers, you yeah. know, really coming in and, and focusing on each individual goal and then setting it up in the way to where we put in together the numbers that we need to hit for each month for each trainer. Yeah, you know? definitely. And I think that's something that I'm trying to figure out now is like, is now I've gone the independent route. It's like, all right, if my goal is to gross X amount, which means I'm going to net X amount which means, okay, divide that by 12 months, you yeah. know, yeah. all that kind of stuff. And you start to realize like, okay, I need to do this number of sessions every week at an average cost of this per session, you know, cause like I've got fit pro discounts and I've got people at two times a week grade and one time a week grade. And like, I know you guys, because I know your pricing structure from mm -hmm. having worked here, like it's different one, two, three times a week, you're semi-private versus you're not. I have that as well. It's like you start, it's not as, it's not as easy as just like, I want, this number of sessions even like there's a lot more math and stuff that goes into it and um i think that's you know if if you're a trainer who works at a place where you're managed and you have someone like you like you train you know listener trainer has someone like Rosante um uh, saying like this is what you can do that's incredibly helpful to create that vision the train with the best podcast is brought to you by momentous now what makes a good company great details a lot of companies make pretty good supplements some companies make really great supplements. Momentus is certainly one of those companies. But what makes Momentus different from the rest? Well, you have all the testing and the various quality checks that they go through, but even that does not make Momentus completely unique. I think what makes Momentus so unique is they understand everything. All aspects have to be great. That's why their products taste great. They're not willing to sacrifice on taste just to throw something out onto the market. Yeah, you could create some very effective supplement that tastes like hot garbage, but at the end of the day, if it doesn't taste good, you're probably not going to take it very often because it's a bad experience. So what's another detail that Momentus is on top of? 
convenience. Whether it is their proteins available in sample packs, their fuel and hydration supplements, easy to grab on the go. Even their Amp Human PR lotion, you can get the big squeeze bottle. Or if you're leaving from home, great. Grab it off your shelf, rub it on whatever body parts you're going to be using that day for a lift, rub it on your legs, whatever. If you're going for a run or a bike, great. But let's say you are leaving on a run or a bike or whatever from somewhere else. They make that in little packets as well. Convenience, quality, attention to detail, that is the momentous way. Go get you some of whatever you want, any of the products I just mentioned and more, at livemomentous.com. Set up a subscription order. Use the code TRAINWITHTHEBEST25, and it'll be 25% off the first order and 15% off all of the refills. That's livemomentous.com, the code TRAINWITHTHEBEST25. I'm curious too on kind of what we we also talked about, you know, discussing today on the, the athlete side of things, yep. right? Like, you're someone who worked out, as you said, from like age of 13, you start lifting weights, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. And but you're always doing it through the mentality of like I'm an athlete, it's to become a better football player. Yeah. Yeah. Great. How did your your workouts change? One, when you weren't playing football anymore, and two, once you started to learn about training and become a trainer, and and really. Um, I think the ultimate thing I would love to know from you is like when you shifted from what works for me as a football player to what is going to work for my clients, you start programming for others. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. Great point. Um, the biggest thing coming from football to like just come to coming in the gym and being a trainer, all I knew from football was go, go, go. All right. So that means if you got 10 reps, you better get 10 plus reps. If you got eight reps, you better get eight plus reps. You better put as many, as much weight on the bar as you can and go and get as much as you can. Um, so with football, it was always just a constant pounding, pounding, pounding. You know, um, body never really felt good. You know, always hurting here and there, nicks, aches and pains, you know, but still trying to push it to the limit. So once I became a trainer, you know, I, I, I'm i just going off of what I know from football. So I'm coming in, I'm coming in, and I'm going hard, hard, hard. But then as I'm learning and I'm learning how to be a trainer, you know, I know that, okay, there's rest times. You know, I know that, oh, you know, here's strength reps, here's hypertrophy, here's endurance. Oh, okay, uh, I know that I should kind of put a, put a time 24 hours to 72 hours to 72 hours before I do another power exercise. You know, like there was none, no type of knowledge based upon, you know, how I should structure my workouts and tempo and rest and things like that. Um, so I think the biggest change that I felt was my body and how I felt. The biggest ch- change that I felt was my body. And um, I think that I felt started to feel really great as I start to implement like more rest. All right. Like it's not all about like just going ham in the gym. Right. You know, that's all we knew. Which you still players. do sometimes. Like, let's yeah. be clear. It's not like you wipe that stuff off. Like if people follow you on like Instagram and stuff, they'll see the big lifts. Like it's yeah. still there. It's I'm still like, oh, there. that's a lot of weight. I, I, I <laughs> dreamed about lifting that amount of weight. And then I woke up and the weight fell on me. <laughs> it's, it's, it's still there. Don't get me yeah. wrong. Like it's still there, but not seven days a week. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Not all. But the- I think that's an important point, right? Like it's still there, even though you don't do it every day. The idea yep. that you're going to lose strength they're like somehow you're lesser of an athlete now because you don't do that every day is actually a really important point yeah yeah and and 
like you said, like it the the competition. It's the competition factor. Like I want to go in there and and be the best version of myself. That's why it's still there. That's why I'm still like really trying to push myself when I work out. But I know that there's a balance now. Mm. There was no balance before. And that was the biggest thing coming from football. It was like, you just got to go. Now it's like, okay, now there's a whole range and variety of education that I know now where it's like, I can make my body feel better, you know? And, and I think that's the biggest change where it was like from football to, to becoming a trainer and a performance coach. It's like, you got to do what's best for your body, you know, not, not just try to be the, the, the alpha, not just try to be the best person out here. You got to try to do what's best for your body, for longevity, to mm. last, you know, that really hit home when I became a trainer. Last thing, uh, and then I got to run because I, like, we do this, right? It's not just a podcast, like, I actually train people. Yeah, so that's I got a right. client, so I got I to gotta run here in a few. Um, but, one, definitely want to have you back for a part two at some point. But we'll leave it here for today. I think sometimes athletes can get in that, like, hyper-competitive mode, and they kind of expect – this is why a lot of athletes struggle, especially great players, to become coaches, mm-hmm. right? Like, in their sport, nevertheless, something like this in, in a fitness realm – is because they're so competitive and they think everyone's going to be wired like them and they just don't understand why people don't want to push as hard or like why their goals aren't as intense. How did you, how did your mindset flip from four-year starter, leader, hyper-competitive linebacking football player to someone who can work not just with athletes. Like you work with NFL players. You work with college players. You work with high school players. You do work with athletes that have those kinds of high-level aspirations but you also work with general population whose goals are just as worthy. Mm-hmm. How do you make sure that that balance is correct in your mind as someone who was so firmly in that former camp? Yeah. So I definitely have to really focus on taking myself out of my shoes. That's the biggest thing is taking myself out of my shoes and try to put myself in their shoes. Like I know that I work out as much as I can, you know, and I still try to have that balance in my life, but I know someone that, a lawyer that probably works 10 to 12 hours a day they don't have the time to get in so they're gonna be a little bit more stiff they're gonna have a little bit more trouble when it comes to having that motivation to work out so I really have to take myself out of like my competitive mindset and then kind of put myself in their shoes to where like okay now they have to start from the step where they're learning not only are they learning but they're easing their way in and I'm not just really throwing them in the fire to where it's like they're, they're, they're just ready to go, you know? So it's really, to, as, a former, as a former athlete, you have to take yourself out of your competitive shoes and then put yourself into, into their shoes, your client's shoes, and to really see their point of view. And you gotta have empathy. And mm-hmm. you know, you gotta really focus on the little things that you might not have thought about, but they think about, you know? And so I think that's where, that's the bigger transition when it comes to the training style and from training yourself and how you work out versus how you need to train a general population client. Like you, you really got to focus on those little things with each individual, you know, their job, you know, how long are they working for? How often are they sitting down? You know, all those little things play a little bit factor, you know, like they're not out here competing, you know, they're out here just trying to lose weight. 
you know, they're out here just trying to gain muscle. Whatever the case may be, they may be out here just trying to move. You know, all those little things you have to really focus on so you can focus on the big, big, big picture of their goals. You know, so that, that was, it was really, at first it was really hard trying to get myself out that competitive athlete mindset. But it, like, it, if anything, it takes practice. You know, it takes time. Um, but then once I get my athletes, once I get my athletes, I just go right back to it. <laughs> but, hey, your ability to, to make, turn that switch, yep. your ability to do that is part of what makes you, or a huge part of what makes you successful. So Thank you. that's why Thank I wanted you. to have you on, because a lot of people can't do that. So I want to have you on. You're a great friend, too, man. I appreciate your time. If you want to follow up more on you, like Instagram or anything like that, well, where can they find you? Yeah, they can find me on Instagram, uh, Raz the Trainer, just R A Z the T H E Trainer. And um, I post content on there. I post my clients' the results. You know, I post sometimes myself training. So a little bit of everything. Yeah, so. they want they want a little peek into Raz's world. There you go, at Raz the Trainer on Instagram. Uh, appreciate you coming on, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for setting this up here in the Kids Club, and uh, we'll see everybody next week on the Train with the Best podcast. Thanks again to Raz for coming on the show. That was actually really hard to schedule because we're literally between his clients, my clients. You know, as I said, we do this. Uh, And so it was really uh, great to be able to sit down with a guy that I've known for a long time, but I didn't really know his story. I didn't know much about him beyond that he used to be a football player. Now he was an awesome trainer who really had his stuff together on the business side. And to hear how that all came together, how the Raz that I know so well became the Raz that I know so well was really remarkable and uh, I appreciate him and his time. Wanted to let everybody know before we go, next week's episode of the pod going to be a little bit different. We are going to talk to psychologist Dr. Helen Sue, who is out at Stanford about mental health at large, but also within the fitness space. Conversations we can and should be having as trainers and when to refer to someone like her who has a different scope of practice and has a professionalism in that realm. And it was a really fascinating conversation. We'll talk a little bit next week on the show on how that conversation came about as well. But since we have the rare opportunity to give a sneak preview, normally our pod is not recorded this far ahead of time, wanted to give you a small sliver of some of Dr. Sue's wisdom. Ultimately, everything's easier when we've got a relationship, right? That there's some trust that, you know, I want you to be successful, right? Whether that's a one-on-one training, whether it's, it's his team, clearly. We do share this goal, you know, like in this way, I'm on your side. And as with any good coach or teacher, like I have to give you feedback, right? (laughs) Like if you're going to get better, that always entails feedback. It's not a personal attack. Um, Really normalizing. I think it's always been just incredibly powerful when people talk themselves about, hey, there were times in my life I sought various kinds of help, you know, that saying someone should seek professional help is a lot like really coaching or training. Why do you want to do things the slow and the hard and the painful way when there's somebody who's spent years and years of their life, like learning, like, Hey, this helps you get healthier. The full conversation next week on the Train With The Best podcast. Make sure you're subscribed. If you have any friends that you think would be interested, make sure you tell them to subscribe. We are available, obviously, wherever you are listening right now. All the major podcast outlets, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcast, and on down the line. For all of us here at Train With The Best, hope you're having a great start to your 2022. I'm Craig Hoffman, and we'll see you next week.